Welcome to the Inspiring Honey Show. I'm your host, Gabrielle, and I'm so excited for you to hang out with us on today's podcast episode. On today's episode, we are talking with Maddie Jade. This conversation is one that's truly inspiring, and it's just so incredible to hear the ways that God has worked in her life and the obedience she's had since. I am truly, truly inspired by Maddie, and I know that you will be too. A little about Maddie is that she is a photographer and social media creator that lives in Dallas, Texas. She loves to create, and whether that's for her clients or herself, She also uses her online platform to encourage women in different seasons of their life, and she strives to reach her followers through positive captions, reminding them of their worth in Jesus. She loves coffee and quiet time in nature and spending time with her friends and family. And I will say, after recording this episode with her and being able to talk with her, I truly consider her a friend and I'm just so inspired and encouraged and just truly love her. And I know that you will too. So make sure you listen to this full episode. And if you are inspired and encouraged by it, leave a rating and review if you're listening through iTunes as well as share this with your friends and family. If you guys have been podcast listeners of the Inspiring Honey Show this season, then you know how much I love Tuvu. Tuvu is our season sponsor and Tuvu is an amazing app that is actually changing the game of social media. Tuvu is spelled T-U-V-U. They value encouraging content. They don't have any annoying algorithms and they are just a place that is incredible. It's changing the game of social media, and I'd love for you to join me over there. Um, Click the link below, and for being an Inspiring Honey podcast listener, if you click the link in the show notes below, you'll get a full year free on this app. You don't want to miss this out, and I can't wait to see you there. Hey, Maddie. Welcome to the Inspiring Honey show. I'm so thrilled to have you today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited. Uh, Well, to start off the show, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to be here. You are so cool. I love all the stuff you post on Instagram. I love your account. And most importantly, I love the heart that you have for Jesus. Thank you so much. I've listened to your episodes too, and I'm just like blown away. And I'm so excited to be on and just thank you for the light that you are and for having this podcast and so I'm really excited for our little conversation I'm so pumped you are so sweet I am equally as excited and equally as inspired by you um and the first question that I ask everyone who comes onto this show and this is probably the most formal question I'll ask and it is what are the most inspiring words you have ever heard or read or been told Yes. Yeah. So I feel like there's so many quotes by so many amazing people that I could share. Um, And actually, I was going to share my life first because there's a phrase in my life first that is just like hitting home for me. And it always has been so important to me. And um, that's John 1633. Mm -hmm. And I'll just read it and kind of dissect it. But it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And the phrase take heart for me has always been, since I was like nine or ten years old, it has been my crucial 
two words to live by. And I feel like for me, it's inspiring because, of course, it's like inevitable that we're going to go through so many trials and low seasons and good ones too, but we're going to go through heartbreak, anxiety, fear, depression, like whatever those things are for us personally that we go through. God is saying, take heart because I've already been there and I've taken that and I've taken that upon my own shoulders and I've already gone before you. And so for me, take heart has always stuck with me. It's only two words, but I feel like it holds so much gravity and it just feels kind of like God's whisper of peace in my life and um, really gives me some hope. And so take heart has really been those two words that have just inspired me so much and um, that I can go back to time and time again, no matter what season of life I'm in. So. Wow. I love that. I I always love when um, I ask that question and someone comes back with scripture uh, and I especially love just take heart. I think that's something that I need to be reminded of every single day. And you said that this has been your life first since you were nine. Yes. Yeah. It's actually crazy. I went through a phase where I was having a really hard time in school and obviously I was pretty young at that time, but this is where God was first starting to say that to me. And then even through high school, I would see take heart on like a billboard or clothing brands or I literally had a dream and remembered the words take heart in my dream and just so many different things where I was like god you're obviously repeating this to me for a reason and it just stuck out to me everywhere and so you know even since I was a little girl I think that has been a message that has really stuck with me and I grew up in a Christian home too and you know my dad would lead us in prayer and you know bible studies and all that and so thankfully I did have that foundation growing up but I think you know, this saying in particular, this verse has really just been standing out to me my whole life. So that's so incredible. And for me, I have had God show me so many signs throughout my whole entire life. So I just think that it's yeah. amazing how when he's trying to tell us something, like he shows us in so many different ways. Absolutely. And we just got to be like open to, to hearing him and seeing him and praying through that discernment. So since you said mm. you grew up with um, a Christian home and when you're nine, God started showing you this verse and, and literally gave it to you in, in a dream and, and told you to take heart. Um, yeah. Like how were you, were you saved at nine were you saved as a young child what does what did your faith look like in childhood and and what does your uh faith walk look like now yeah that is a great question because I feel like I could elaborate (laughs) I could go on and on about this just my testimony in general I just love to talk about it but um yeah like I said I did grow up in a Christian home my dad was a pastor um very classic like went to Christian private school like even in college, I went to a Christian private school. And so, you know, Christianity has always been in my life. And I'm thankful for that because I think a lot of people that grow up that way kind of get outside of that and kind of go a little balls to the wall crazy. And, you know, they maybe bash on that. They're like, I can't believe I grew up in that kind of home. Or, you know, it felt so um, restricting and all those things. And obviously I had my phases where I felt that too. And, Looking back now, being a born-again believer, I'm just so thankful I grew up in truth. And um, so, yeah, I grew up Christian home and everything. And I think I was, for a while, desensitized to it because, you know, it's all I'd ever known. So I think the message in the gospel is like, oh, yeah, I've heard that so many times. Like, 
you know, Jesus loves us, died for us, has grace for us, and as amazing as that is, I don't think I really processed it for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, and I was saved and baptized when I was 13, um, and as I've, like, as I was a kid, I definitely knew the Lord, but I think that's when I first had a grasp and understanding of God and his grace and, you know, the whole story of the gospel. And, um, and even at 13, so it was baptized at 13. And then this past fall of 2021, I was baptized again, which I'll get into, but, um, yeah, so I grew up in my teens, you know, I was a believer. I can confidently say when I was 13, that is when I got saved. Um, and then I went to college. I definitely had a phase where I was just not living for the Lord. And I think that's what a lot of people say when they come out of college. They just kind of, which it's unfortunate. I wish I didn't go through that phase. But at the same time, I think I needed a phase to see the world and how broken mm-hmm. it is, to know how good God is and how good grace is. Because I just always been in my bubble and I... You know, I definitely was not perfect, but I hadn't seen the world for what it really is. Mm-hmm. And in any way, it looked enticing. I definitely learned it's not enticing and it's not fulfilling. And so I lived in Nashville for a little bit. That definitely increased all any temptations. Just, you know, Nashville is a great city and there's so many great people in it. But it definitely has a lot of um, partying and status-driven um, relationships and just everything that comes with partying, it's just all there, and I think that really amplified any temptation in my life, so basically moved home from Nashville, and that is where I was just, like, on my knees, like, God, <laughs> I am a sinner, and I have experienced sin in a way I never had before growing up in a Christian home and everything, and I was just undone by his his love for me that even after, like, sins and, you know, depression and all these things I had gone through, like, God wanted me still mm. and loved me still and died knowing I would do things that I wasn't supposed to do. And so really my faith, I had to go through a couple years of trial and error <laughs> to really understand, like, wow, I want to live for Jesus because he has seen me in my broken state and still loves me and still wants me. And he still has a purpose for me and he's not holding any past sins or mistakes against me. So I would say this past fall, when I got rebaptized, I was just like, okay, let's do this thing. Like, I don't want anything this world has to offer. And like, of course, you know, we're human. And even when we get saved, there are times where we're like, we get tempted to fall back into things or we forget like, what we're saved from and you know that's just part of being a human but overall like God has completely just transformed my faith and I think I've just owned up to it in a personal way and seen God in a personal way and so yeah that's kind of the whole spiel of (laughs) where I started and where I am now but yeah God is just so good and so faithful and so forgiving and Mm. you know I obviously want to praise him for that so wow I just honestly like I'm just so taken back by everything you just shared because I'm just so inspired by it and I'm really really inspired by how you said um you had to go through that time in your life when you were living in the world and and you were experiencing partying and all those different things that the world has to offer but you had to go through that to realize it's all empty Amen. And I, I think so many times in, in our Christian culture, um, 
it's so easy to, to like point fingers and to judge, but, but unless we actually go through things that take us to a saving place, unless we actually go through things that are really difficult and challenging and like push us to our edge, Mm-hmm. it can be hard to appreciate that saving faith so much. And, and yes. I see God use that in people's story in so many different ways from sickness, from mm-hmm. trials, from just like steering away and just coming back mm-hmm. and knowing this world is so empty and, and how incredible it is to hear you firsthand say, yeah, I tried the world. Like I grew up in a Christian home, but mm-hmm. I tried the worldly thing and it left me broken and I just wanted mm-hmm. Jesus more. Yes. Exactly, and as much as I could say, like, oh, I wish, like, because of course I wish I never did anything wrong. I wish I lived in heaven right now so I would never do anything <laughs> against God, and, like, you know, like, I hate sin, and, you know, I hate that I've made mistakes, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it has pointed me to Jesus in a way I've never experienced before, and also I think it really helps other people when you share that testimony for them to first be challenged, like, if they're going through a similar season or just to see God and how he's worked in my life and that's my my ultimate goal but you know Mm -hmm. I as much as I wish I could go back I also wouldn't change it for anything because it's just made me like it's opened my eyes to grace and how much we need it so Definitely. And I, I can attest to that too. I mean, obviously we all hate sin. We wish we didn't sin. I know I do. I, I mess up every single day, but praise God for his grace. And I guess yeah. my next question for you kind of going off of this is, did you get to a moment in your life? Like, how did you get from the part where you were tempted by the world and wanted to live in the world to now being at this place where, all right, I'm going to get rebaptized. I'm giving my whole life to the Lord. I hate sin and I just want to live for him. Yeah, um, so I would say this whole season, it was about two and a half years that I was living in just, like, whatever I wanted to do, and I, you know, there were times in those years that I was like, oh, I know, like, God is what I should be pursuing, and, you know, I was attempting to pursue it, and then it was, like, temptation just completely pulled me back into whatever I wanted to do, and um, I went through a lot of poor dating choices let's just say that and like that led to a lot of depression and then depression led to partying and drinking and thinking that was going to solve my problems and it was a vicious cycle and I think looking back like the enemy tried one thing after another of like you need this to fix this and you need this to fix this and like this will fill the hole that you know you start in the first place and um eventually just got to So when I moved to Nashville, my ultimate goal was, like, I just wanted to try to live somewhere new, and I was like, yeah, I want to get plugged into a church, like, I really need that, and that's going to be good for me, and that just didn't happen when I moved there, and, um, you know, I was just living in, and if you've been to Nashville, like, Nashville's great, and there's a lot of things I love about Nashville, but it's definitely known to be a party town, and um, basically, I just got so caught up in that, and I remember one night I was out with some friends and I'm not even gonna lie to you I was having a time that night like I was drinking way more than I should have been and I remember um in my drunken state of mind I remember hearing God Mm -hmm. and he said you were made for more than this like there is more for you than this and I went to the bathroom and I just remember crying in the stall like I had like a wake-up moment where I was like what am I doing here? Like, I literally was just like, 
am I okay? Like, this is not me. Like, I just had this moment where, you know, I was just out here being crazy, and God was, like, trying, you could just feel God trying to, like, wrap his arms around me, and I was, like, it felt like I couldn't grab onto him, but I remember sitting in that stall just like, what am I doing? And so I went home that night and um, just kind of slept it off and whatever, and then basically I woke up the next day and was like, I've got to move. Like, this is just, it's it's getting worse, and I need to remove myself from the city and the situation, and um, I was praying for a way out because technically I had a lease for six more months, or maybe eight more months, but um, yeah, so a week later, someone found my post on Facebook Marketplace, took over my lease, <laughs> and I packed up my car, and I moved home, and it was a crazy week, because I was just like, hold up, I just got here five months ago, like, what is going on, and it just felt so right, and I knew, like, life was not perfect, and I definitely did not have all the answers, but knowing, like, God, you know, had someone take my lease, and he was like, you're made for more than this, and obviously partying is getting worse and worse being here, so I think I really hit a wall that week, and then all of a sudden, I was moving home, which I knew was going to be good for me, because my family's here, my close friends are here, um, my job is more successful here, just because I'm a freelance photographer, and my clients are all here, and so with that being said, I think I was moving home to accountability, and I was moving home to a place where I really could get in the word and, like, have less distractions, mm-hmm. um, and so I think in that, I really just learned, like, wow, like, that, you hit a wall there, and that was, like, the beginning of your breakdown of, like, this is not for me, and I know I'm made for more, and once I moved home, I had a pretty crazy transition of just like first it was like shame and regret and then I was like no that's not of the Lord but I went through a lot of like conversations with my accountability partners and my parents and like was really like I want to get my life on track like I know so little but I know so much that I want to be with Jesus and live Mm -hmm. for Jesus and it was really convicting honestly and um so that was kind of the beginning of it. And then I would say about three or four weeks later, I got rebaptized, you know, rededicated my life. And ever since then, I mean, it hasn't been perfect, but it's just been a, it's just been so peaceful knowing you're living and walking with God. And that has just been life changing. So, wow. Well, I literally have chills. When you're saying that, you're literally out partying. And then you went into the bathroom stall and you started sobbing and God literally spoke to you and told you you're made for more. Like God literally spoke to you and he was grabbing for you. And that yeah. just that just makes me think of the song um, and, and the how deep the father's love for us, vast beyond all measure. It's just yes. so incredible how much God loves us and how in the midst he was right there beside you the whole time and he was just yeah. constantly pulling you back. And it, it also makes me think of the story of the prodigal son and how you returned yes. back home um, and your dad and, and mom being so involved in church, your dad being a pastor. Were your parents aware of what was going on? Like, did they know the lifestyle you were in? Um, were they praying for you yeah. too? Yes, they, for the two and a half years that I was just doing my thing, they they kept, I would say they weren't trying to be 
helicopter parents. Like, they weren't trying to be like, you need to go to church. Like, you're doing this wrong and blah, blah, blah. Like, they were very, like, I think letting me have the moment because <laughs> I think they I, I honestly was very honest with them like I don't want you to tell me what to do like I was honestly in a lot of ways disrespectful to my parents in this season as well and was like you can't tell me what to do I'm an adult and I'm gonna live how I see fit and you know that also goes against you know honoring your father and mother in the bible and um that was an act of rebellion on my end and you know my parents I know that they were praying for me and at the end of the day, they were, like, praying for me and saying, just be safe in your choices, and that's, you know, we want you to at least be safe, and so with all that being said, like, they were constantly reminding me of the Lord, and my dad would, you know, send me Bible verses, and at the time, I just disregarded it. I was like, whatever, you know, and it's so sad to think about now, and I've since then talked to my parents and, you know, kind of made amends and apologized for things either I did or just to, you know, thank them for still being lights in my life, and, um, so I think, but having them, in a way, do hands-off, like, okay, you, we're never going to be able to change your mind for you, and that's only the work of the Holy Spirit, I think that helped me, in a way, instead of them pounding me with, like, go to church, read your Bible more, you know, all those things, so I think that, in a way, was very helpful for me, but, I'm so close with my parents now, like, share every single part of my life, you know, and it's very just, like, incredible to see how even God can work in your relationship with your parents, so. I love that. I can definitely relate to that because I remember there was a season in my life when I got to a point where I was an adult and I did not care what my parents wanted to to tell me. I was so stubborn Mm -hmm. um, and I, like, really did, like, everything I could think of to just disregard everything they said. And I had, like, maybe a year and a half, year off and on when my parents and I had a really rough relationship, Mm -hmm. which was so rare because growing up my whole entire life, I was so close to my parents and my sister. And I went through this little rebellious part myself. And I think it's, like, just the human nature in us. It's constantly, it's the flesh. And and until we, like, Mm -hmm. allow Christ to to transform us, you know, we just want to live for ourselves and disregard everything else. But I just love how your parents approach you, not with like slamming the Bible over your head, but just being like, be safe and praying for you and, and just being there. Yeah. Cause I think that's just a testimony for, I know I have people in my life that aren't saved and I know people listening do as well, just to be a light to other people, just to, to mm-hmm. talk about God, just casually share Bible verses, not to um, mm-hmm. be afraid to do that because you don't know the seeds that God is going to sow with that in the future. Yeah. I think just simply being a light and reminding people of their worth is it goes so much farther than you making someone feel bad about themselves and mm-hmm. you know showing genuine love like Christ shows love is not it's not too much to where it steers you away like the love of Christ really draws you in and it's mm-hmm. gentle and I think that's what a lot of people either get wrong or people think they have a misconception about Jesus because that's how some people act. And, you know, I would just say to anyone listening too, like, if that is how you've experienced Christians, you know, I mean, I'm sorry on behalf of us because, you know, Christianity is about the love of Christ being so gentle and wanting the best for you. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what it needs to come down to at the end of the day. Amen. Amen to all of that. Like, I just, 
that was just so good and so true. And I'm just honestly so, so inspired. I have nothing to add. That was just so, so well put. So you went through this season of life and now you're back in Dallas. Like what did your life start to look like in Dallas? How did you start? Were you in photography in Nashville or did that happen more while you were in Dallas? Like how did your life switch once you got back home? Yeah, so I have done photography ever since freshman year of high school, so it's definitely something that has been in my life for a very long time, and um, I went to Dallas Baptist, so I stayed local in Dallas my whole life through college, Um, and then I was running my own business here, and it was honestly very successful, and that's all glory to God, like God has blessed me with so much work, and with that being said, when I moved to Nashville, I was like, okay, I want to do photography, but I want to do more music industry. I want to do concerts and artists and album covers. And, you know, that is a great ambition. But I think that also was a doorway to partying just because the music industry can be a lot in that area. And it is male dominated. And that's totally fine. But for a woman to just get their foot in the door in a music industry world for like photography it was just not the industry I realized I wanted to be in um and so with that when I moved home I was kind of starting from you know square one I was like okay I have announced I left so people may not even know I'm back and want to book with me I was like in my head I had all these doubts like I'm never going to have, like, work again, and I'm never going to, you know, because I gave up photography here full-time, and I'm never going to get that back, and um, I didn't even have an apartment, so I moved home with my parents, which I think was really good for me for the time being, Um, so I lived at home with them for about four months, I think it was, and then when it was after the holidays, and it was, like, beginning of January, and I was like, okay, I need to reset for this year, like, be intentional, really write out what I want and what God wants for me. And I just felt God saying, like, go all in with your photography again. Like, just test me on this. Like, just see what I can do. And I was like, okay. So I did kind of a rebranding of my whole business. And I booked out, and this has never happened before, but from January, I booked out until April, mid to late April. And was, like, fully booked in a matter of a month. And that's four months. Like, that's booking out four months in advance. Yes. Wow. And I was, honestly, March and April were so busy for me. It was honestly so good because all I really focused on, besides, like, my faith and relationships, all I focused on was work. I wasn't going out. I wasn't doing all this crazy stuff. I was like, I'm here to work. And that's the season God had me in. And um, I think I worked, which... Would I recommend this? Probably not. But I worked like 27 days out of the month for March and April. Um, But for that season, it was really good for me. And it was an answer to prayer. And that was transformative because I was like, wow. Like I had, I came back to Dallas with no plan and honestly no hope. I was like, I have no idea what the next phase of life will look like. Um, And so once I saw how God moved in that area that I had, the least trust in he was like see like just take a step forward and see what I have for you sorry if you can hear my neighbor's dog outside um (laughs) it's kind of loud but yeah it was like transformative to see how he moved in my life especially in work and all the areas that I had no idea what was going to happen and so um 
with that being said, once I had saved enough, I got my own apartment, um, and now I live pretty close to Uptown Dallas, and it's just been so fun living alone, not having roommates, and just kind of having my own space, and God really created a space of peace for me, and just crazy how he can move in drastic ways when you even think he, you know, you have no idea what's next, so. Wow, that is just incredible, so you were working and got booked out four months in advance, you know, God took any doubt you had and just told you to trust him and look at, um, what came of it. Like you did the work and he harvested it and just amazing. Um, God's constantly been putting on my heart. You reap what you sow. Um, and mm-hmm. I just think that when he calls us to do something, we got to step into it. Two weeks ago, I recorded an episode with one of my friends named Nicole Renard, and she's actually in Nashville, so I don't know if you would know her or not. Oh, awesome. Um, but she said something to me, and she said, delayed obedience is still disobedience. And mm-hmm. to anyone listening, like what Maddie just shared about, God was telling her, just just trust me, like just go forward. Like he has us, you know, if he's calling us to step into something, like that's because he has a plan and a purpose for it. Mm-hmm. Amen. So true. So you were booked out four months in advance. You were working, like you said, 27 days a month? Yes, for March and April. Because photography is very, like, you have peak seasons for sure. Like, spring and fall are peak seasons for me. Um, And I was expecting the spring to not be as busy because I just moved home, whatever. And to see it be the busiest season I've had yet in my whole career of photography when I just moved back, it was only God. Like, mm. it was just crazy. And, you know, there were times I'm like, God, are you sure? Like, this is a lot of work. Like, this might be too much. And, you know, even then it was like, I'm never going to give you more than you can handle. And it definitely challenged me, but it was good for me. And I think it really helped me see, like, I'm capable of more than I was expecting. Mm. Um so I really think in a way, like him giving me that busy season showed me a lot and empowered me in a lot of ways. And, you know, it was definitely a learning experience with time management, which I know we'll kind of talk about, but I definitely had to learn that in a lot of ways, but it was so fulfilling for that season. And then in the summer, I'm like, okay, I'm going to slow down a little bit. We're going to enjoy life. And, you know, there's times and seasons for everything, so... So how did you start managing um, your time? Like, how were you able to grow in your faith to start building relationship back with your family um, and start mending things while focusing on work? Like, what did that balance look like? Like, did you have any balance at that time? Yeah, so when I kind of got thrown into this busy season, luckily I had – a couple months before when I had just moved home where I feel like God really gave me time to digest, you know, the past couple of years and also just like really invest in the relationships I had and make those, you know, close knit and, you know, like you said, make amends in any area I needed to. Um, and so when it was time for that go, go, go season with photography, I think, a lot of the foundations that needed to be laid with my relationships were there. Um, but like anyone who has a busy schedule, like you still have to maintain that. And I think that's where I had to learn a lot of that. Um, and I think it just came down to like, okay, I can tell God is really emphasizing work in this season of my life. And 
obviously I'm going to focus on that, but I need to find time to invest in my friends and my family and my relationship with the Lord, like, and in myself, like, am I having self-care time? Like, am I taking care of my mental health and all this stuff? And it's a lot, like, it's hard to live sometimes to be like, we have a lot in each day to take care of. And, you know, I'm sure you can relate because you have three boys. Like, I know I don't have kids right now, but you know, that's just like a whole other level that you have to consider so many things each day. And so while it can be exhausting at times, I think honestly, it's kind of like a challenge and it's growing us and stretching us to manage our time. Well, um, which is something I just definitely learned a lot about. And, for me, like, a lot of people have nine-to-fives. I personally don't. I work a lot of weekends with my job, um, and in the busy seasons, a lot of the week, too, but each day is different. I might have a shoot in the morning. I might have a shoot at night. Um, so I kind of go day by day, but I really try to find the breaks in my day to be like, okay, who can I reach out to? Who can I get coffee with? Can I meet my parents for dinner? Like, that kind of thing. So um, I think it's just at the end of the day like taking it day by day and just seeing those open windows to either serve someone um just talk with someone share some wisdom or encouragement and using it wisely so at the end of the day I think taking it day by day is what really helped me because if I try to plan it too much I was getting stressed out so (laughs) that's how I am I get really stressed out if I have things to plan like I have um like for since I'm a mom I have like a very um, set kind of morning schedule with my boys like it's loose but we have like a routine that we follow so we start with our morning box yes. and go through that and we do like our daily tasks each day but but what you yeah. said about how everybody has so much going on every day like we're all balancing no matter who you are no matter how old you are if you're in high school if you're a mother if you're a right. working professional no matter who you are no matter what season of life you're in you're balancing multiple different things and you're like juggling a billion different plates. Right. In fact, this morning I was having my um, breakfast with my husband and we were having a conversation about this because we own multiple businesses too. And we were talking mm-hmm. about how we just have like a billion plates we're trying to juggle and, and how to yep. juggle that well. Um, so with your experience, because you started growing your own personal brand, you started growing your business and you have a booming business. You live in a very busy city. How mm-hmm. has God really shown you um, the value of stewarding your time well and how has God used that now I, I don't know if you're still working like 27 days a week or I'm sorry 27 days a month or not <laughs> I hope not a week um, I know, that's a lot. <laughs> you just never sleep um, but how has God kind of softened your heart changed your heart like what does time management look like for you right now um and how do you balance being busy with being faithful? Yeah, so I feel like this is such a, like, key thing to understand. And to be honest with you, I'm still trying to understand it. But I, I have grown a little bit in my understanding of it. Um, first of all, I've just realized <laughs> through a lot of trial and error that I am not going to be my best self if I run myself to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am so busy that I don't save time for me and for my time with Jesus, I'm not going to be a good friend. I'm not going to be a good business owner. I'm not going to be a good daughter, sibling, whatever it is. Like, I'm just not going to be my best self. And a lot of that looks like being stressed out, maybe lashing out because I'm stressed out. Um, you know, forgetting things, not investing into people or saving time for people. 
And I think a lot of it is when you're not managing your time well, you're so self-centered because you're frazzled and you're running around from one thing to the next just trying to keep up that it's all about me, me, me. But I've learned when I do learn to manage my time well and I like have, you know, I try to have my quiet time first thing in the morning because if I don't, my day is just going to be whack (laughs) and I'm probably going to be stressed out. And if I don't have that me time in the morning and, you know, have that self-care time or time with God, my day is going to be crazy. And then I'm going to be all focused on myself if I don't have it. And so Mm -hmm. when I do have it, I notice like my day is very like, okay, how can I consider other people? How can I be more patient and slow to anger? Um, How can I save room and time for people that need me or whatever it is? And so I really think when I manage my time well, when I kind of followed a routine, I used to not have a routine at all. Um, I'm an Enneagram 7, so if you know anything about the 7s, they're very like, go with the flow, like life will just be fine and it'll figure itself out. And I had to be like, that doesn't work because (laughs) I need a little bit of a routine so that I can be my best self and also consider other people and not be so all about myself. Um, So I really think that was key for me. And when I noticed the times I was being my best self, I was like, I want to keep doing this because like I'm a healthier version of me. I take care of the people around me. I can spend more time with my clients and make sure I'm, you know, devoting time to them because obviously, like, that's my business and I want to be a good um, business owner. So, with all that being said, I would just say saving time for yourself <laughs> really helps you to be less self centered, if that makes any sense. Mm, I couldn't agree with that more. And I, I think, too, like, I took the Enneagram test very recently, and I thought that I was going to be a number seven, because I'm, like, so go with the flow, Um, but actually, I'm a three, and I thought it was, I was, like, so surprised, and I've learned just within, like, the last few months since we've had my newest son, Truett, um, how much I need to have a routine and a schedule and how much that, like, impacts my busyness and, like, my work. Yeah. That, like, my, my first ministry and my first calling is within my home, taking care of my home and my husband and mm-hmm. my children. But then after that, God has put Inspiring Honey, which is this ministry – on my heart and it, it impacts thousands yeah. of women and he calls me to steward it well and I had a season where balancing it I didn't know if I could do both like I was so overwhelmed and God really has shown me how much I need a routine to help sustain mm-hmm. things and and if we have like just a little bit of structure with time management how much more we can get done if we're focused yeah absolutely and, and I know um, when we were emailing and planning about this podcast episode, we had mentioned about how it is a blessing to the kingdom. Um, you emailed this about how it's a blessing to the kingdom for us to be busy and to honor God with our time when it's, mm-hmm. it's honoring to him and when it's to glorify him. So could you expand on that a little bit more and how listeners can um, be refreshed and encouraged in their busy season if they're able to honor him? Yeah, so obviously when I think of honoring God, I I know that that means, first of all, putting him above everything else, and when we do that, it's really prioritizing um, time with him, and that was something that I just for a while did not see. I was like, well, 
if I don't work out, then I'm not going to feel good today. Or if I don't, you know, go get my morning coffee, I'm not going to be energized for the day. If I don't blah, blah, blah. Like, and so I was failing to recognize before any of that, like, if I don't have time with him, how am I going to do anything else and do it well? And it's so easy to get burnt out. It's so easy to be too tired. Um, and a pastor, I honestly forgot who I was listening to, but I remember hearing a pastor say, imagine your Bible is, or God, God or the Bible, is like a dog, that you, mm. you have a dog, you wake up, you're rushing out the door to work in the morning, and you're like, oh, I'll play with you later, I'll spend time with you later. You come back from work, you're so tired that you're like, oh, maybe tomorrow, and it's this constant cycle of like, oh, I'll find a time, or I'll do this, but it's like, you know, the dog in this example is like waiting at home all day with my puppy dog eyes and everything, like just waiting for time with you. And that really convicted me because I was like, if I'm not spending time with God, like I'm not honoring him. Therefore I'm going to be burnt out. I'm going to be too tired. And honestly, the times that I've saved time, I feel more rested. Even if I'm physically tired, my soul feels rested and Mm -hmm. that pushes me to keep going. And I would just say to anyone, if you feel stressed or burnt out or you feel like I just don't have enough time in the day, there's only one of me and too much to do, it sounds so backwards, but just sit in the quiet with the Lord. Like, Mm. it is so, it just restores my heart so much when I just take even 15 minutes. Like, it doesn't have to be this two-hour-long worship cry session every day. Like, just having some time with Him and even journaling, like, I feel like this. I feel like this. I'm be very honest. I am so stressed. Like, I'm at my breaking point. Like, taking those moments and being honest with yourself and with the Lord really impacts your day. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, like, honoring God first. And because of that, not that we honor God to be blessed, but he sees our obedience Mm -hmm. and how we prioritize him. And he wants to bless us. Like, he's a good God. He has he wants good things for us and blessings mm-hmm. and um I think at the end of the day like he wants to give those to us but if he sees us being kind of like stingy with our time it's kind of like well dang like I want to hang out with you you know like <laughs> kind of like the I want to like go outside and play in the yard like I want to spend time with you I want you to read my word like um and it's kind of the same thing at tithing at church or something like that like we only make so much money and we want to hold on to it. It's like, God, like we need, I need my money. Like I have rent to pay. I have blah, blah, blah. And God's like, just give me a little bit. Just give me a little bit. See like how I bless you. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with our time. So really viewing time as something you can tithe Mm -hmm. is a big deal because if you can give God some of your time, he's going to reward you in immeasurably more than you gave. So I would say that for sure. Wow. That is really really amazing. I've never heard it explained that way or thought about it that way before, but it's just so true. And um, like you you said, like if you don't spend that time with God, you're at your breaking point. And I can say that 110%. If I'm not um, spending time with God, I am at my breaking point. Like every day, I, I don't typically get to wake up and have quiet time in this season of life because typically there's one little boy that's up yep. before me. Um, and typically I'm not in bed till three 
in the morning until I get them all down and and waking up is it changes every day you know um Mm -hmm. so my quiet time isn't typically quiet my quiet time is throughout the day and um just like quietly praying to the Lord whenever I have a moment or literally just praying out loud like over my kids when I'm like so stressed Mm -hmm. and like before I feel like I'm at my well when I'm at my breaking point before I just like can't handle it anymore I just like the Holy Spirit stops me and helps me pray out loud. And um, one thing I do to help me spend time with the Lord is constantly having worship music on. And I love to play hymns because I love when songs are scripturally accurate, you know, and I can trust in that. Um, And I play them through my house all throughout the day. And I just love how we can, like, pursue our time with God in so many different ways, you know, in so many different seasons. Um, And I'm so happy you shared that example of, the puppy dog and just wanting to spend time with us so badly because because yeah. we're God's children and I, I know as a mom the best thing is spending time with my children so I can't even imagine mm-hmm. how much it delights God when we're delighted in in time with him yeah absolutely so what advice do you have for any girl who's listening today who wants to start like managing her time better, um, who's listening to everything that you're saying and how God really just transformed your obedience to him into such fruitfulness and um, now such a desire to spend time with him. So how would you encourage a girl listening to um, first start pursuing the Lord and then secondly manage time with everything else in her life? Yeah, I, so first, going off of pursuing the Lord, it, I will just be quite honest, We since we are human, it is a lot of wrestling sometimes, mm-hmm. like, and I think I used to beat myself up with that, of like, well, I've fully surrendered to the Lord, why am I having, like, I'm still feeling the pull of temptation, not that I would always give into it, but just feeling like, oh, but I want to do this, or I want to be lazy and not listen to worship music or read my bible or you know like there's still a lot of tug of war just because we live in a spiritual world and Mm. the enemy especially when we are trying to live for god he sees that and of course he's going to try to pull us into what we used to live in and i would just say first of all rest in knowing like the tug of war is okay and like that doesn't mean that god loves you any less like his grace is sufficient through every season and I would just say, first of all, I'm proud of you if you're wanting to pursue the Lord on a more deeper level. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, once I really consciously made that heart decision of, like, I want to seek after Jesus and everything I do, it was amazing just how the world just came back to life around me. And I feel like I just had my eyes opened, and I was a lot more sensitive to evil, I will say. Like, I would hear you know, songs I used to listen to, or, Mm. you know, I would drive through certain parts of town that, you know, I used to go hang out in, and I'm like, what was I thinking, like, this is so evil, or like, you know, I just Mm. started to feel that conviction, and then a lot of that led to, like, losing some friends that I used to talk to, or, you know, just things like that, like, you have to be okay with letting go of things that don't serve you anymore, and you can't balance the two of, like, an old life and a new life, Mm. and... I would just say to be fearless in your pursuit of the Lord and not care what people think about you because at the end of the day, like, we're not going to heaven one day to spend it with everyone on earth, which that is the goal is to bring everyone to heaven with us, and that should be our mission, but we're going to heaven to be with Jesus forever, and that mm-hmm. is so exciting, and that's who I want to live for, um, 
in whatever I do or say or post. And, you know, with that, it kind of comes a lot of accountability and a challenge, which is kind of great. Um, but I would just remember, like, surrender your life and, like, the grace that God has for you withstands any temptation, even after you have dedicated your life, you know? So I would say first, just, like, have grace on yourself because God has grace for you. And two, like, get in a group or have some friends around you. If you don't already have good Christian friends, like, find some. Like, social media is honestly a great tool for that. Or church. Like, just go get plugged into a group. That has done wonders for me. I started hosting in my apartment I live in now. I was hosting a little small group. And I just can't tell you, like, how much that did for my soul and just, like, having that group where you can share your life and like the things you're going through and like have people encourage you, keep you accountable. Like the days you didn't even want to go to small group, it's like, or even the days like I would be so tired and I was like, I can't believe I have to host tonight. And then as soon as everyone left, I was like, I'm so glad I went to my group or had mm-hmm. my group over. Um, so I would say that really helps as well when you're pursuing God because you need people in your corner that are going to push you in the right direction. Um, but as far as, like, managing your time well for the kingdom, which I think first comes down to, like, accepting you have a purpose that God, a unique purpose that God has given you. And it looks different for everyone. And I think there's a lot of the comparison game of, like, well, this person does this, and my life doesn't look like that. So, obviously, I'm not living for the kingdom like I should. And that's just not true. Like, you know, I, my schedule is very freelance, and you know, I might get coffee with a girl in the afternoon and, like, feel like, you know, we're pouring into each other. That's so awesome. And what if a girl saw that, but she's at her 9-to-5 job, and she's like, well, I'm just sitting here at my desk. Like, I'm not doing anything for the kingdom. Like, God has you where you're at and for a specific reason. And who knows if that's within your workplace. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to use every single moment that God has given you to glorify him. And it could be in the most boring places, like, Sometimes it's, that's just where God has you. And so um, I think with that being said, like writing down your priorities, really seeing what holds the most gravity for you. Um, for me, I wrote down God, my family, or God, me, as in my self-care time. Um, and just to like have mental health check-ins, those are really important for me. And um, so God, me, my family, friends, and my boyfriend's now thrown in there because I have a boyfriend now, but just having those things in my life, and then on top of that, like, I want to take care of my health, and am I eating right? Am I going on a walk or working out? Um, Managing all those things first, and then having boundaries around them so nothing kind of interferes with that is really important. So, all that being said, have boundaries, have grace on yourself, (laughs) and just really see at the core what is most important to you, and really invest in those the most. So good and so much wisdom. I'm like unpacking it all in my head because I'm like, that is just all so good and so helpful and all things that like, I'm going to go back and make that list myself. Oh, I, I really think it's helpful and I didn't put it on the bathroom mirror or something because when I wake up, I want to be reminded like, mm. oh, this is like my life and I need to like make sure I'm doing this the right way and just managing my time well. So I honestly might do that today. So. <laughs> Yeah, I probably will too. When I leave the studio and I go home, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a list. I'm going to like honestly tape it on our mirror. We just got this huge mirror at Marshall's. I'm literally like 
so ecstatic about it. It's so beautiful. I think it's like over six foot tall, and I'm going to take that on there. You totally should. I'll do it too. We can do it together. Yes, we should. Go write out your priority. (laughs) Yes, post it on your mirror or where you see it, and then you guys can tag us on Instagram. Yes, tag us on Instagram for sure. So where can all those who are listening today who have been so inspired by you, because I know I have, where can everybody else go and follow you on social media? I personally recommend definitely following you because you have such a cool aesthetic. Uh, So where can people (laughs) find you and connect? with you yeah so instagram i would say is number one it's just maddie fischelli m-a-d-y-f-i-s-c-h-e-l-l-i my last name is a mouthful it's really confusing but yeah so that's my instagram same handle for my tiktok i would say those are where i try to share the most encouragement and just you know life things um I'm just trying to think what else. I don't really have, I used to have Twitter, don't have Twitter anymore, don't have Snapchat, <laughs> I have Pinterest, I just post a lot of on there, but yeah, it's mostly all Maddie Fischelli, and I would love to follow along, um, I really try to make it, and there were times in my life it was definitely not for this purpose, and I regret it, but you know, I try now to like make it a very encouraging place, and just very like, you can come and relate, and everyone's real, and we're not just like making my social media like this perfect world like I try to share a lot of the real stuff too and so if you're looking for encouragement I would definitely say that and obviously inspiring honey of course so (laughs) you are so sweet well thank you so much for being on the episode today yes thank you so much for having me and letting me be a part it was so much Friend, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us on today's podcast episode. I hope that you leave as inspired as I am. If you don't already, make sure that you subscribe to the show. And if you haven't yet, please leave a rating and a review if you're listening on iTunes. If anything on this show encouraged you today, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode to your social media and tag me and Maddie. I can't wait to connect with you and uh, hear from you this week. Make sure you're following along on Inspiring Honey at Instagram. And I can't wait to hear from you guys more. Have a great week.